The following is presented by Lanier Technical College, Concept One Pulley Systems, and Year One Classic Muscle Car Restoration Parts. Hit it! Hang on, you're now part of the fastest podcast on the planet, Bud's Garage Overdrive. Produced in the studios of Jacobs Media, located in beautiful downtown Gainesville, Georgia. On today's show, Britain's roads are going to pot, cleaning your car's engine and Motor Trends SUV of the year. Plus, part two of our discussion with Chris Kessler from Zero Defects, Paint Perfection, and Protection. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim. Let's kick it in overdrive. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, a poster to the stars. Hey, Bud. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. We got a, a bunch of stuff to talk about today on the podcast, uh, and also part two of our discussion with Chris Kessler. Uh, oh, yeah. It was very, uh, I don't want to say mind-boggling. It was mind-opening. It was, yeah, definitely eye-opening. Different things we can do to clean our car and keep mm-hmm. it looking great. Things have changed over the years. They certainly have. <laughs> You know, Bud, when you sent me this, I, I started looking at it. <laughs> yeah, this might be how you do a new car, but growing up in West Virginia, I mean, if we're going to clean our engine, the first thing we did was get a putty knife. Right, right, right. I see where you're going with this. To scrape all the crud. I, I think you're right. This article was talking about how to maintain the, the cleanliness of a fairly new engine. Agree, uh, agree. Because you, there's, there's a few things. There's no mention here about gunk and a pressure washer well for good reason mm. or, or purple power right uh, because uh, here's what happens first of all if you're going to clean your engine you you need to dry clean it then wash it and then make sure oh, that oh, you oh, oh. Dry, what's dry cleaning well i hadn't considered dry cleaning before mm-hmm. all right well, let me go through the, the the process here and we'll here's the things you need you need a garden hose with a spray adapter not a pressure washer because okay. pressure washer, even at the car wash, can get water into places you don't necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, microfiber towels, cleaning wipes, a spray bottle filled with soapy water, not just detergent or, like I said, purple stuff. Get some of the AIM products that are pH tested mm-hmm. to not hurt your paint and your aluminum and your plastic that's in the engine compartment. Okay. So th- this is a little more, this is a little more, this is a little more than the West Virginia clean uh, that right. you were talking about, all right? Uh, detailing brushes, trim restores, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, McGuire's or something to put mm-hmm. back on. Plastic garbage bag, uh, cleaning socket, uh, a cleaning socket, cleaning sponge, and a socket set. Okay. Okay. Let's start with the socket set. First thing you want to do is take your battery out of the picture. It needs to be out of the engine compartment. And in a lot of cars, it's not in the engine compartment anyway. Right. On the new stuff. Why would you do that? Because you don't want to get water, in, you know, going in. If you've got a battery, even a... A maintenance-free battery, you don't want water getting into the vents and stuff, or cleaners, because it can screw up the battery. Oh, okay. However, right. when you pull the battery out, it can also wipe out a lot of memory <laughs> yeah. in your car. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a... Maybe uh, you could put some kind of plastic bag over there. Well, here, here's the deal. You, uh, no, no, get no. the battery out of there. That's a good time okay. to clean the cables and everything. Else. Oh, yeah, it is. But it I, is. again... And the battery a, tray yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. set, the par- <laughs> set the vehicle on level ground. Don't do this in the sun. Engage the parking brake and open the hood. Well, that's good. Um, next, you take the battery out, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, what you do first is you grab a vacuum and a detailing brush, mm-hmm. and you brush the loose dirt stuff off and the leaves. The and, leaves and all that. And you get that out with a shop vac. Right. Because okay. if you get it wet, you can't get it out. Uh-huh. You know, it's a mess. So th- that's a good thing. You know, dr- yeah. dry clean as much as you can. It'll save you. Then you cover the engine with a trash bag mm-hmm. and you wash the bottom of the hood. Okay. And the right. engine compartment. Yeah. Now you cover the engine because you don't, don't want to get water. You don't want to get stuff on the, you know, where the coils are and all that kind of thing. Right. I would also suggest that you take the, the plastic cover off of the engine if you're going to mm-hmm. clean it. There's a lot of stuff that gets underneath those covers. Okay. Um, then you cover the engine and, you, and uh, you know, you wash the, the engine compartment. Then you clean the engine. All right. I would, uh, I would take the wet cover off the engine, obviously, that you just had on there. But I would go as far as to go to complete and get a bag for your car where the painters use these. So it's a big, you know, clear piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. 
put it over the car, the fenders and stuff like that, and the windshield, oh, oh, all yeah, those areas, okay. anything that's got finish on it. Right. And so you don't spew anything right. up and, onto and the you, finish. And yeah. you cut out you cut out the part where your engine is. Okay. And it protects your finish. Okay. So that's what you I was. You just would do. turned this into a weekend project. I know. You know? I know. As, as the farther I got into it, I thought, oh, maybe that's you know. <laughs> anyway, you, you clean it with the proper stuff. And like I say, if it's really dirty, you know, you got to do some scraping and stuff ahead mm-hmm. of time. Uh, but I, I want to emphasize, this is more for maintaining a newer car. A newer car. And right. a lot of the newer cars have covers and stuff under the engine, so they don't get a lot of gunk on mm-hmm. uh, I was working, you know, I was doing some stuff on, on our uh, Escape, and Bill's was the same way. I was doing something on his, I don't remember what it was. But underneath, there's a complete pan for oh, aer- right. aerodynamics and stuff. Right. When I dropped it off... I know what it was. That, that car used to be my car. And, mm-hmm. and I, when I changed oil, I remember dropping it off, and the engine looked brand new, like it had just been set in. Yeah. So, anyway. After you get done with all of that, take a leaf blower, battery-powered leaf blower, mm-hmm. and just kind of dry everything off. Don't okay. get out 150 pounds of air and blow it, you know, all over it. and blow the water into the connectors and things like mm-hmm. that. And then detail it. You know, use the stuff uh, for the rubber hoses or stuff for the plastic cover. Right. Microfiber towel. Microfiber towels, yeah. yeah. That's what my Harley mechanic explained this to me once about the pressure washer. He said those seals, Tim, are meant to hold back 50 pounds of oil pressure, yeah, not yeah. 3,000 pounds of water coming yeah. the other If I way. was going to use a pressure washer of any kind, I'd use a battery-powered one. I've got one mm-hmm. that, you know, it's a handheld deal, and yeah. it's not a lot of pressure. Yeah. But it does a nice job of cleaning. I use it to touch up the siding on the house sometimes, okay. you know, without getting out the, the big pressure washer. And but to your point, you know, it, it is a lot easier to maintain the cleanliness Absolutely. of an engine. Don't do it at the car wash. Right. Right. I right. love the car wash, but not for this. So as most of the folks know that listen to either the Bud's Garage show or the Bud's Garage Overdrive podcast, Bud spends a good part of his time loitering. Yeah, I, I've... Found that out. You found you know, that out. Yeah. People talk. <laughs> I get thrown out of all sorts of places mm-hmm. for, for loitering. But one of the places that doesn't toss me out is Concept One Pulley Systems. So I'm in there last week, and I'm talking with Randy. He's one of the, the brothers. You have Randy and Kevin Red, and their dad is there. And they've got the CNC machines going and all this. And I, I walk into the office, and Randy's got a CAD drawing up on his two computers. He's got two big computers, and he's got the screens up there. And I, you know... I was interested. It's all pretty colors and stuff, and it's mechanical. And oh, yeah. So I said, what's that, Randy? He said, that's an LT4 Corvette engine. So he had the CAD file from General Motors, which they work with GM, so, they, you know, they, they have access to that kind of stuff, or you, you get it magically somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he had this CAD drawing on there. And I said, well, what are you doing with it? Uh, I mean, what, what are you trying to look at or figure out? He says, well, we're making a pulley system for this engine. And he showed me some, some particular bosses that were made into the manifolds and the water pump area of the engine. And he says, what I've got to do is I've got to figure out a way to, to work around that. I've, got to, I've either got to make a component to change how that's configured, or I've got to make, you know, I, I've got to somehow come up with a different manifold that we could manufacture or have manufactured that would, would do the job. But that's how in-depth these guys are. Wow. You know, you and me are, are putting something together on the garage floor right. with washers and bolts and trying to, you know, oh. trying to figure out, how, well, how can I make this belt fit over to here and, mm. and all that? And they're doing it all on the computer, and when they get done, and they can program that stuff into their CNC machines, run, run one, and, you know, put it on an engine and see if it works. Okay. And, but that's, that's the kind of background knowledge you need and the type of access that you need in order to build something as unique and as as proper and properly fitting as the systems they make at Concept One Pulley Systems. Chevrolet and Ford stuff, Mm -hmm. um, they're working on the LT4 and the Godzilla engine right now, the pushrod engine, the Ford engine, to make pulley systems for them. And they, they've got more coming down the line. He says he just doesn't have enough hours in the day sometimes to get it all done. Well, it goes to show how many different powertrain options came on those cars. Right. And how they can be improved upon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing. And when they produce it, it'll be right for you and it'll fit. It'll be fit. It'll be finished properly. And 
you know, it'll improve your hot rotting experience. Oh, yeah. And isn't that great for us guys that are out there in the garage trying to install these oh, parts? And it's like, hey, it actually fit like yeah, it was supposed to. Like it's supposed wow. to. Wow. Don't need to add any washers right. or a double layer of goop to <laughs> mm-hmm. seal it or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, precision work. Uh, precision-minded people, and they do a great job and produce a great product. Check them out at concept1c1.com. Okay. The roads in Britain where most of the people live are still in small towns. Mm -hmm. Some of them are still brick roads. Right. And they maybe have paved over and stuff like that. And they have got a tremendous problem with potholes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't show it in the article here. I can't hold it up to the mic so you can see the person that is standing in a pothole who is taller than me, most people are, and he's standing in the pothole and, you know, waving at the photographer in yeah. one of the potholes. Right. Do you know what causes potholes? What? Just, Bill, I, I was just thinking, when, you, you know, when these towns and stuff were developed mm-hmm. and they dug holes to build houses and stuff like that, it used to be the contractors could just dump that stuff on the ground. Yeah. And, you know, if it was wood or whatever, after a certain amount of time, it just Oh, it just deteriorated. Right. Or, you know, an old tree or something like Mm -hmm. that deteriorates. But that's probably one of the things that causes potholes. Sure. And then the heating and cooling Ah, of the ground itself. Yep. Yep. So this this comes with a a bunch of experts who raise concerns about the capacity of the current road infrastructure to handle EVs. Mm Mm-hmm. Unclassified roads, which make up 60% of the roads in, uh, in Britain, are largely rural. Yeah. And the minor public roads are residential streets that people live on. Mm-hmm. So they're not worried about the lorries or the trucks over there. No, or even the EVs on... On, the, on the regular roads. Right. Um, but, you know, the unclassified roads, which is where most of the people live, mm-hmm. are caving in. So they mentioned here the battery-powered vehicles, this is not news to us or you if you're listening, can weigh up to a third more than gasoline or diesel cars. Yeah. And the U.K. government estimates there'll be more EVs on the road in the future or some combination of EVs or hybrids mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, they're, they're very concerned about this. So the Asphalt Industry Alliance, that's a partner between a partnership between Mineral Products Association and Euro Bitume. Is that right, Bitume? The stuff they put on roads? Yeah, I guess. Bitumus? By, bituminous. Bituminous. The two principal bodies that represent the county's largest road suppliers are concerned that are, you know, we don't anticipate heavier vehicles will hurt the, the principal roads. But, uh, you know, we've done stories on this before. Oh, okay. So this is the Asphalt Industry Alliance yeah, prepping the government to come up with more money. But here's the thing, I don't. Bud. I didn't read that in there, Tim. Well, you've got to read between the lines. Okay, bud. all right. Because, see, they say, according to government's optimistic forecast, uh-huh. electric vehicles will account for four out of every five miles traveled by 2035. I don't think that's going to be true, bud. I think that there's going to be a lot of British people still driving MGs and Mini Coopers and that's riding the, bicycles. That's what the article said. The roads were de- designed for Ford Cortinas. Yeah, and right. Now you got these they'll big still be driving them because, you know, who's going to buy an electric vehicle at what that's going to cost? Well, w- what strikes me is, I got to ask Bill this because he, he, would, he would recognize the program being the the trivia guy that he is. Do you remember a, a, a series that used to be on British television called All Creatures Great and Small? Yes. In fact, there's been two versions of it. Yes, there are. And I've watched every episode. My mom, you know, religiously watched it. And uh, so I've, I've watched all the episodes. But, it, it, you know, it shows the little houses in the towns and the little mm. roads. And, you know, there's not a lot of room on the roads and stuff no. like that. And they haven't changed a lot of that. Right. And right. so, you know, we're, we're dealing with a completely different situation mm. here than we have in our country. But, it, we're, you know, it's worth taking note of because well, it's going to affect our stuff, too. It, but again, I just see the Asphalt Industry Alliance is looking for that subsidy money. All I can tell you is I want to thank the Hall County DOT. Whatever, mm-hmm. and they paved our road. 
Oh, they did. Yeah, no, I haven't right. taken. You have any. a little influence down there, but no, very, very little. I haven't taken my Mustang out in almost three weeks because they they dug up the road and ground it up. And, you know, wow. So there's still up. a lot of loose stuff. No, no, no. It's and they came in and they repaired it and they did a wonderful job of wow. paving it. Uh, it's, it's the first time I remember in twenty some years. Hmm. Did they uh, did they cut those little grooves on the fog lines? No. Okay. Okay. They did not cut any grooves in it yet. I'm waiting yet. for them to bring the dirt and spread it all over and the side of the road right. and get it all over. Make a nice car. mess yeah, for you. But we've seen a lot of heavy vehicles in our neighborhood because people are buying these little cottages that were built in the 60s and that, mm-hmm. mowing them down and building big houses right on the lake. Oh, wow. So we got all these big trucks and stuff that, I have, get it. that have tore the road up. Uh-huh. And I think maybe that's why uh, it got paved sooner than later, because of the people that are building some of the big right. mansions. Okay. You now, getting little... to the big mansions is still little crappy roads. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah. But thank you. It looks very nice. Sure. That's and, great. Uh, I can get my car out eventually. So it's all it's all good. But... The heavy vehicles and stuff are going to affect all of us in the, you know, oh yeah, in the future. You know, as we've stated before, I mean, even parking garages are they going to be able to hold the weight of these excessively heavy SUVs? I was in a parking EVs? garage at the at the airport the other day and just felt that thing move around as cars are driving. I'm thinking, wow, wow, yes, you know, yeah. How much of this can it take when you get big Ooh, stuff on? We'll find out. If you're uh, if you've got a classic muscle car and you're trying to restore it. The only place you need to go is Year One, the muscle car experts in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast. They do. Yes. They so, are part of this they're part of this podcast and they're also part of the podcast for Bud Scrods, the radio show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate them being on every week with us. Now if you go to the webpage and they have a spot right here, you see it? It's on the oh, phone. Yeah. I Sign up for savings. You have mm-hmm. a chance to get two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. And you have discounts are available to you on the page. Of course, right. if you put in Bud 20, you get a 20% discount for listening to this podcast. See? And when you go to this sign up for savings link, they will put you on the email blast. Okay. So, you know, we try to pick a, a product every week that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but this gives you a whole list of products every week it goes out. Right. And you can keep track of what's on sale and uh, how long it's available and what's, you know, what's uh, eligible for discounts. Sure. Free shipping, things like that. Mm -hmm. And much more information. Yeah, that's good. So check them out at yearone.com in Cornelia. And we're going to keep you posted when the showroom opens up because it'll be worth driving to Georgia to see what they got cooking in the showroom. Yearone.com. Well, we're back with Chris Kessler. He was in last week from Zero Defects, and we talked a, a little bit about what you do, Chris. Just uh, give us a, cr- a quick recap of what your business is about and what your profession is about. Yeah, sure. Thanks, uh, Bud. Uh, great to be back. Um, we are in the car detailing business and keeping nice cars clean. You know, everyone has a nice car. They want to keep it clean, and we're here to help uh, by either providing a detail service or, you know, installing products that help you take care of your, you know, nice, clean car. Your nice, clean, new car, whatever it may be. Car, truck, you know, uh, boat, motorcycle, plane. Really? All those things like to be kept clean. Wow. How, uh, do you, do you, you do boat stuff. I've seen boats in the shop. Yeah. I've seen you do tractor trailers. Yep. I saw you do a complete uh, clear coat or paint protecting on a tractor trailer, a black one, or on the tractor part. Mm-hmm. How long? That was cool. How long did it take you? And when I walked in the shop, I thought, oh, my God, this is, it, it would be like painting an airplane. Right. I, I knew somebody who used to paint jet liners. And, mm-hmm. really? and they took me through that process, you know. Oh, that's cool. So what, what the paint protection on, on a, you know, on a Kenworth or something like whatever it was. Yeah, it was, a, it was actually a sport chassis. Okay. So, uh, which is, is, is like a cross between a, um, you know, a big diesel truck and a tractor trailer. Um, it's like a toter home type thing? Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's the tractor part of a toter home. Okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a very involved process, and uh, that was one of our biggest. That is probably the biggest paint protection film job we've done. Um, and uh, that took about a week to do. Um, a lot of it was taking the vehicle apart. You know, we had to, you know, for that one, we went all out because uh, 
when you're doing most road cars, you know, high-end sports cars, we can cut the paint protection film with our plotter, which is a machine that cuts the film precisely for each, you know, panel of the vehicle. But with this, you know, sport chassis, they don't make any um, kits for that vehicle. So we had to do it all uh, freehand with bulk material. So, um, so yeah, we had to take a lot of the vehicle apart, the door handles, you know, on that sport chassis uh, truck, there's a lot of big uh, storage compartments that have all these big heavy duty, you know, type of, uh, you know, uh, handles as well. So tail lights, man, there's all these lights on the bottom that we removed. Oh, it yeah. was- So you got to take all that stuff off. Well, not, not necessarily for most cars because the, the material is cut precisely to mm -hmm. go around that stuff, right. you know, but for that specific vehicle, yeah, we, we took all that stuff wow. out, installed the film, put it back on. And yeah, that was, took a lot of extra time. You know, but that was a really cool project. And that thing is held up great. I actually take care of that. Um, it's for a uh, race team that we're involved with and uh, do a lot of uh, uh, work and, and provide a lot of help for that race team as far as keeping their you know race equipment clean. And I keep a close eye on that vehicle and it is held up phenomenal. And it's stored outside. And with the ceramic coating that's on top of the film, it's going on about 18 months and it looks, it looks fantastic. It's incredible how good that thing still looks. Now was it, you know, we talked last week about you use different products on different parts. Uh, that truck, as I remember, had the big shiny aluminum wheels and all that stuff on it. You got specific stuff for those wheels and, mm -hmm. you know. Every surface. Every surface. Every surface has a specific How about, how about tires? Tires, um, yeah, there's some stuff out. There are some per permanent rubberized tire coatings. Really? Uh, they get kind of kind of messy, kind of like Tim was saying with the buffing stuff getting mm. splattered all over the place. And, oh, okay. uh, and we've gone down that road and tried it, and eh, 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 I wasn't thrilled. So uh, we just use good old tire shine these days. Okay, yeah. yeah. At least you can get that off when it gets splattered around. Right. All right, so last week we talked about some of the basic products you use, you know, getting the car detailed out, detailed and then polished. You've got special lights, you've got special glasses, you've got things to see every little swirl mark in the car. It gets pretty nerdy. It gets pretty nerdy. Yeah, you walk in there sometimes, you look like, remember Al Franken on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> oh, when, yeah. When he had the, 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 the satellite downlink. Yeah, that's what it looks like if you if you sneak up on him sometimes, he's got that. Uh, people come in on the house and walk in, and I'm over here, you know, got all this gear on, and uh, it, it, like I said, it looks kind of nerdy, but it... Okay, so <laughs> let's go... Uh, you got an older vehicle, and this is happening a lot because this is what we get a lot of. You got a pickup truck or an SUV that's uh, 2005, 2007. It's been kept in very good condition. The sides of the vehicle look good, but the top surfaces are dull. Uh -huh. Is there anything that you can use that will bring the shine back and then sure. put a coating on it that yeah. will protect it? Yeah. And what would you use in that case? Uh, well, yeah, you want to, like, like we've been talking about, you know, do some type of paint correction and, and try to get that shine back um, and, and to really, you know, add some years, hopefully down the road for that vehicle without it needing to be painted, you know, put that ceramic coating on top of that freshly polished surface. And, you know, now that ceramic coating is going to kind of act like a new clear coat on those areas okay you know so um so yeah yeah that would definitely be the best way to do that now is it worth let's say you've got an old uh, blazer or something like that it's got a hood that's a mile long and a mile wide you, you get it you get it so it looks perfect and then is that the time to put the paint protection on the film and then clear over it or, or not not clear over it, ceramic coat over it? um yeah sure yeah so you can get the you can get the clear back you mentioned, you know, without having to clear coat it, your paint protection is kind of sort of a, a clear coat once you have the, the paint corrected. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so people are thinking when they've got a vehicle like this, like, oh, geez, I priced out new trucks and they're 100000 bucks. I've got this old truck that I like. Um, I'm wondering if I should get it painted or if maybe there's an alternative to the cost and downtime of paint that would make it look better. There is a, there is, and, and yeah, something, sorry to cut you off. Um, you know, there are some other alternatives to painting, and the biggest thing is vinyl wrapping. 
Wow. Vinyl wrapping is amazing. It's not something we provide a professional um, service for, mm -hmm. but there are tons of shops that do that professionally. Um, and it is extremely involved, but it is a much more cost alternative to painting a car. And you can, you know, go crazy with this and we need another episode or two to get involved in the vinyl wrapping, but it is something that is definitely your, you know, uh, listeners would probably want to learn about. So, so do you do, do you do any vinyl wraps? We do some, um, okay. you know, we, we do some Tim, uh, but that it is something that's really cool is that, you know, um, just, just for instance, which is kind of popular right now, the uh, matte black top mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. You know, you see cars right. that have the matte black hood, the matte black roof. Well, you know, if you've got an older, you know, muscle car and it's sat out and those areas are worn and dull, you know, you could slap some, you know, matte black vinyl wrap on there for a very cost effective, you know, route well, compared to getting a hood painted, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a cool alternative and, and a way to customize your vehicle. Oh, well, that's right, because a lot of the, gosh, a lot of the Torinos and stuff like that, they had that they flat. They had that flat black well, and or like matte the Dodge, black. Dodge Challengers yeah, and, and, and stuff, they even still uh, do that. You can't wax that stuff. You can't, you know. The, right. The, we ceramic coat it. You just ceramic coat it. No, I mean the, the original finishes on them. They're, you know, you, you're, it looks like it's primer by the time it's, it's wore out in the right. sun and everything. Right. You can't do much with that. All right, so you can, you can do the wraps. You can do the clear wraps. Do you have the machine to cut the stencils? Or you have a, yeah. okay, so you can cut, uh, aside from sport, you know, the sport track right. trailer you're talking about, you can make your own stuff. Take us through the process of, I want to turn my car flat black, or the whole car. Take us through the process of, of doing a wrap. I, I know, you, so, I know you're okay. not in the wrap business well, necessarily. Well, I, I, I actually am in the wrap business, kind of. Um, I'm actually doing that right doing now as we you. speak. Yeah. So, so actually, today, yesterday, I'm you know three quarters of the way of changing a gloss black car into a matte black car, um, or, or satin. Uh, and I, I'm actually you know you know it, actually doing it. I stepped away from the shop to come do the show, but um, so. The paint protection film comes in a few options, few different uh, finishes. Traditionally, it's usually glossy. You know, a, a glossy paint protection film goes over, like you mentioned, it's clear. Um, it's gonna provide that protection, but it's also very popular these days. The paint protection film comes in a satin or matte finish as well. So it will go over any painted surface, doesn't matter which color it is, and turn that gloss finish into a matte satin finish okay. with just this clear film wow so it has a, a a matte top sheet to it and it is incredible it is awesome it not only provides the rock chip protection the scratch resistance uh, but it changes your entire vehicle from gloss to matte and and it is very popular with black sports cars uh, high-end suvs because you know these hundred thousand dollar say a Cadillac um, Escalade V mm -hmm. which just came out on the road it's very popular very hard to get and that's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar SUV yeah. so uh, actually just did one a few weeks ago we changed it from gloss uh, which you see going down the road you know you see all these Escalades going down the road they're all gloss black well you want your SUV to stand out you want to be you know the guy in the neighborhood with a different Escalade you put this matte film on it and it changes it from gloss black to matte black. Wow. So before you do that, do you have to correct the paint? Yeah, you go in just Regardless like, of whether it's new or used, you gotta, yeah. Yeah, you go in and, and polish out everything you can um, and make it as shiny and perfect, you know, and then put the film on top, which is what we do on every car that comes in the shop. Wow. What do you do with, uh, if somebody wants to change the color, what can they do about it? Uh, so like we were talking about with Tim, uh, back to the vinyl wrap, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be more the, the route with that. Um, you know, you can change the entire look of a vehicle. Say you've got a car, you've had it for two or three, four or five years. You love it. You can't imagine getting rid of it, but you're kind of bored. You want to change it up. You can get it vinyl wrapped and go from a, you know, white car to a black car, you know, and you put this, uh, you know, vinyl wrap that comes in you know, 500 different color choices and you pick your favorite color, and, you know, have somebody put it on there for you. Do you have to do any kind of special surface preparation? I mean, is it like With painting? Do you have to everything. sand? Everything, 
every different, all these processes have, you know, a hundred different little things that you, you know, to properly provide it, you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, to vinyl wrap it is going to be different than to do the paint protection film. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, they look the same, but they're completely different. The process, you know, the end result is very similar, but the, you know, actual entire process is completely different. So you're, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, you know, the prep stuff that we used to use before we paint cars, you know, the final finish or whatever. It was a grease remover type stuff. I'm sure you got to use that. Definitely. And, and a wax combination and grease of other remover. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. that is the last step before the ceramic coating is applied. So when you're doing the paint correction process with all the you know, uh, compounds and polishes, those all are oil-based, so they leave trace amounts of oils. Um, you know, and so you want to remove those before the coating is applied so you actually get a you know, chemical bond to the clear coat. So that wax and grease or remover, just in, and if you're unfamiliar with this, just imagine like an isopropyl alcohol. Right. You know, that type of uh, chemical is, is carefully wiped onto all the surfaces of the vehicles and it's going to strip any little bits of oil and it's going to, you know, put a very, very, you know, clean, uh, you know, surface on there and which allows those coatings to really bond. Now, in layman's terms, what's the difference in thickness between a vinyl wrap and the clear protection? Big difference. The vinyl wrap is, I think, usually two microns, three microns. The paint protection film is eight microns. Wow. So it's thicker than the wrap. It's very. It's double, double, triple. Wow. Yeah, so the vinyl wrapping, that's kind of the downfall. Uh, it, it really doesn't provide any type of protection. It's very thin, um, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the, the downfall of that product. Kind of, sort of, um, you know, so that's where the paint protection film really thrives. So if you do, uh, if you want to do a color change on your new BMW, you do a vinyl wrap, do you put the protection film over top Sometimes. of Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, So you do. wind up with two layers of... Yeah, we've done it. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? Now what's the... Let, let's say, and I'm just going to do this in, in percentage-wise, you can't get a car painted for 10 grand anymore. You used to be able to, but 10 grand is a pretty... Yeah, you know, it's a driver paint job. You know, right. It's a, that's yeah, a Mako. Yeah. Well, no. No. You know, no, no. Not quite Mako. Let's let's say it's going to cost somebody ten grand to get their car painted, and it's a it's a, it's a it's a driver. It's uh -huh. a Chevelle or something like that. It's a driver. They like to take it to the cruise ins and you know drive it on sunny days. Okay. Right. So and they're not looking for Barrett Jackson. Right. You know, roll it across the, the mm -hmm. stage type finish. What's the difference between having somebody paint that car and, and vinyl wrapping it, percentage-wise, in cost, if, if 10 grand is paint? Uh, 10 grand's a decent paint job, I would say. Um, definitely not show car paint job, right. but Schrager street car, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 10 grand's not a bad paint job. Um, to do a vinyl wrap full color change is, is several thousand dollars. On average, I'd say around four, Four thousand bucks, mm -hmm. um, you know, somewhere around there, to do the paint protection film on average is around seventy-five hundred bucks, mm -hmm. eighty-five hundred dollars around there, um, and it's really the the cost of the materials, sure. so you know, so different. So, uh, but yeah, obviously. So that's what's so great about these products is you buy this brand new high-end vehicle, you put this stuff on in the beginning, it is several thousand dollars but it you know leads to you not having to paint your car 10 you know years down the road 15 years 20 years down the road you know what's so. involved in getting it off the car uh guy comes to you and they say you know you did my car five six years ago i want to change the color again and by the way when we talk about changing color you know that seems to me pretty involved because you got door jams you've got you've got pillars and mm -hmm. stuff you know you open open it up you don't want to see the the color it used to be when you open the doors and the trunk and stuff like that so how how deep into jam jamming it do you get all the way i don't oh, okay <laughs> i don't at all that's why i said earlier if you want to talk about vinyl wrapping you know you got to talk to a vinyl wrapping 
professional, and that is not me. Because they get it, they get into that. They do. They jam them out. They actually do, and and it is incredible. Uh, there are some shops that we've um, you know had some cars come back, and they've done those jams, and it is just mind blowing that that film can do that, and that someone has the patience to do that. Yeah, because they're not unbolting the hinges and stuff. They are. They're taking are they? the doors off. Are they? Okay, they're taking wow. the doors off. They're taking the doors off, and they're actually doing the jams of the doors and the jams of the car. The car yeah. Yeah, and, and so that's why I say, you know, um, there there are, you know, vinyl wrapping shops that that's all they do, and there's a huge demand for it. How do you keep stuff in the air <laughs> from... Floating around, I know your shop's got got filters and stuff in it. Still doesn't stop it. Yeah, it, but I mean, it, it is. You... It's it's just like with any trade, you know. There's always going to be something you have to deal with. I was dealing with it this morning. Mm -hmm. I left the shop last night, had all this film applied, um, you know, and it's all wet, and then there's all this stuff all over the car. You go back the next day, it's all dried up, and you can kind of really see and. You know, here's a couple little specks of little, you know, dust or something. And I'm having to peel it up a little bit and massage it out. And I've got these little tweezers. And, you know, uh, last week I had to do a door two different times because stuff got underneath. You know, you put it on there, apply the whole door, and you look, make sure, and there's a hair right in the middle. But by the time you peel it back up to get the hair out, five more hairs have gone in. And... Peel it off and redo it. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Very frustrating. There's there, there was there's usually some cuss words involved in that process. Mm -hmm. And nobody in the in the shop with a beard, right? Right. <laughs> Just saying, Tim. Ah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. What are some of the new things? that are out there that just blow your mind as far as so, protection. Yeah, there, there is some cool stuff that uh, is on the forefront uh, that I was actually looking at last night. Um, there are, there is um, some stuff that's coming around, uh, some actual color change paint protection film, um, which is, is, I haven't got my hands on yet as it's really fairly new, uh, but it's gaining popularity. And you know, the longer this stuff is out on the road and getting tested, the better it's gonna get. So, um, yeah, there's some cool new stuff so coming. So that would be a paint protection film that's got color in it. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't, it's, it's still the thick stuff. It's still the thick stuff, and it provides that incredible protection as the clear, but now they're starting to come out with different colors. Gloss black uh, is the first one, and slowly they're starting to introduce some other colors and even some different... Um, Different types of, uh, like, a, you, know, you know what Damascus is? You know, like a knife? A Damascus knife? Nope. <laughs> That's like... all right. You didn't know who Hogan's Heroes was. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. What's, uh, what's Damascus? Uh, it's kind of like a print. It's, um, it's kind of like a cool wavy print, um, you know. And so they're starting to put some of this cool stuff, like, just, okay, so. Uh, How they... about carbon fiber? They have carbon fiber okay, for yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, camo. They're starting to put a camo print. So there's some cool new stuff. You know, that's been done with vinyl wrapping. But again, the vinyl wrapping doesn't provide the rock chip protection, um, and it's not as long lasting as the paint protection film. I was at a car show a month or so ago, and they were doing. There was a guy there that had a gold car. I mean, gold, mm -hmm. gold, mm -hmm. like a like, like a dime, like, like a gold like, ring, like a chrome, yeah, like yeah. a chrome finish, except mm -hmm. it was gold. Yeah, it probably was vinyl wrap. Yeah, and and the the downside to it was, it was it had a lot of scratches and stuff in it when you got up and looked at the car. It looked cool going down the road, right? But I would think like like a chrome car would be the same type of thing. You know, if you put the wrap on it, it's chrome. Mm -hmm. Man, you're gonna see everything on it. Mm -hmm. So you put the wrap on, you put the clear over it. Is mm -hmm. that the answer to that? And yeah. now it's going to be a one-step one process? Yeah, I think that's kind of where they're leading up to. Yeah. You know, with the vinyl wrapping, you know, it doesn't have any scratch resistance. It gets swirls, and it's so thin, you know, that it tends to peel up, you know, more so, um, you know, and, and lift in little areas. So, you know, that's why, you know, things are leading up to those colored paint protection films because they just provide such better protection and they're such longer lasting and, you know, they don't peel up on edges. And uh, so, yeah, it's a better product. Graphene, what is it? What is graphene? I, you know, that seems to be the latest and the greatest for a while, uh -huh. and then the stuff dies down. What, what, what is graphene? What's that all about? Uh, graphene is actually an element. It's on the element table, mm -hmm. right? And it's one of those super 
you know, materials that they use in all these different areas around the world. I think, uh, you know, computer chips have it, um, you know, all, it's, it's amazing. I've looked into it. There's just so many uses for it. Um, and so they actually started to introduce it into a coating. And now they're offering graphene coatings because it is a super, you know, uh, material. And um, so it, it, it's supposed to provide even better protection than a ceramic-based coating. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, you know, but these things take years to really see if they work or not. You know, um, so we're, we're, we're playing with them, we're using them, we're testing them to really see if it works. Yeah, because I'm thinking if you can buy it for $6 in a spray bottle somewhere, it's, it's not going to match up against the kind of stuff that you do right. on, on a vehicle. Right. Uh, because you still have to do the prep work. Yeah. It's all that, about the prep. It is all about the prep. You know, so whether we put a ceramic coating on, a graphene coating on, a paint protection film, you know, all you know everything has to be prepped first and that's really what makes and helps the car look so amazing is the prep work involved just like you know anything that you do detailing a car yeah yeah can you take these coatings off sure what's under them you know you mentioned the 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 clear protection is porous you know so the road the road stuff you know gets into it eventually and and you know it deteriorates over time Mm -hmm. Everything's porous to some extent. Even your paint's porous. Sure. After it's dry, it's still porous. So, the what what is uh, when you pull this stuff off? How does it affect the paint, or doesn't it affect the paint? Or it does. Yeah, yeah, it, it can. So, um, yeah, we, we recommend in, in these situations. Got, I guess I don't mean to interrupt you. I guess what I'm saying is, you mentioned you you put it on wet. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Is it got glue on it? I mean, what? yeah. Okay. Yeah, not glue, but adhesive. Adhesive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's got right. incredible adhesive. No Elmer's is used in this. No, no. not at all. Uh, um, so, but, so, so you pull it off, and it doesn't pull the paint stuff off. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Do you, uh, use, do you use a heat gun? To we use start um, with? we use a, a specialized process to remove the film. Okay. Um, you know, it, there is some form of heat. Um, you know, and, and that helps allow the film to be removed, you know, more safely uh, and more professionally. Uh, but it is pretty involved and pretty nasty, and it's something that um, you don't necessarily want to try at home. Right, I understand that. Right. And, you, <laughs> you know, you're pulling the stuff off and you're going, don't My paint's going to go don't right with it. And, and, and it feels like that. It and, really does. Yeah, I would, I've seen them do race cars and pull the stuff off. And, you know, and you're, you're dealing with what's a massive sheet of stuff. And you can, you can form it. You can warm it up. You can do it's amazing, amazing things. It is amazing. It's mind-blowing. And, and I see them using actual flame on, the, on some of the films. Yeah, yep. It's crazy, and it doesn't it doesn't bother you at all, does? Uh, it does sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it, it it does, and especially you know, depending on the car, sometimes you know you get a little nerved up. Sure, you know. So you, so you take the stuff off, then do you, you have to get the adhesive off. Is that correct? If you do it right, it all comes together. The the the, the paint protection film will all come off. You know, with hopefully, if you do it right, with no adhesive left on the car. But that rarely happens. So a lot of times, the adhesive does get left and you have to use another product then to break down the adhesive and again this is you know where trial and error and lots of years of experience come into doing this efficiently so no pucker moments as you're spraying adhesive remover on on paint thinking when i wipe it off i hope the paint doesn't come with it. yeah for sure and that's when knowing your products and your chemicals really come in and having that confidence before you go put this unknown chemical on you know a ferrari surely you've put it on a honda or your (laughs) own car first you think think? i mean hopefully yeah and that's where the years of experience come into play uh, uh, of getting to work on high-end sports cars you know most people don't start off in the first six months of you know detailing ferraris right you know so and, and that's you know, the difference of, a, of a, a weekend guy and a professional, someone that knows those chemicals, you know, in and out and know what they will and won't do in every different environmental situation. You know, not only are you dealing with a chemical, but the, the temperature, you know, has so much to do with the outside temperature that 
temperature of the surface, you know? Mm. Is your car hot? Is it cold? You know, that plays a big difference. So how do you account for different climate areas um, when, you're, when you're trying to do cars? Let's say you've got somebody that uh, they come from another state, and this just came into my mind. Let's say the guy's from Minnesota, uh-huh. and he came down here to buy a new car from one of our dealers because they had it, uh-huh. and he brings it to you. Does it make a difference, difference what you put on that car uh-huh. that it's going to sure. a winter climate? Sure. makes how, a big difference. How so? Well, uh, when you have a harsher uh, winter, t- traditionally there's more snow. Uh, you know, you live in the Midwest, you live out west, you live in the Rockies, you live up in those areas that you mentioned. You know, you get a lot more snow, and with snow, takes more um, chemicals to break down the snow, which then those chemicals, the salts, the brines, they get onto your car. You know, obviously we all know that, you know, the undercarriage of cars up north, they rust. You know, so there's a huge difference. We don't get that stuff here. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, there's a huge difference on how people take care of their cars up north in these different environments than we do here. So, are the, are the products different necessarily? Not necessarily. Just you know, the, the, the paint protection film is the same here in Georgia as it is in Minnesota. You know, but the way you're going to protect a car would be a little different. You know, you might be a little bit more involved if you have a high-end sports car up there than you would here. Okay. Maybe you put more protective stuff up there than you would here different parts of the car right yeah um as as this as this industry grows and changes and you know the cars come out with different types of paint most of our stuff now has water-based paint on it right but they still the clear is still um synthetic based i don't know of anybody using water-based clear yet do you uh i'm honestly i'm not a uh painter I'm not a painter. I'm not a paint professional. Uh, there's, it's, it's amazing because that is, again, so involved with sure, those yeah, you know, yeah. oil-based paints, water-based paints. But you're spot on. You know, that is part of the, what the EPA is doing is you know, trying to get rid of all that oil-based stuff and go more water-based. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does make a big difference. So somebody buys a new car, a new truck, a new SUV. Just give us an idea of, of price. It's going to vary on the condition of the car we know that let's say it came from the dealership and it's perfect doesn't have any rail dust well you're gonna you're gonna spray it for rail dust anyway mm-hmm. to make sure it doesn't but it comes right from the dealership to you maybe comes off the car hauler to you i don't know mm-hmm. but um what's the difference in price between a small car sedan suv uh, mm-hmm. pickup truck and uh, I, I realize it's going to vary i'm not I'm yeah, not, yeah 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 it, it's actually not that um big a difference um yeah a small sports car you know uh compared to a large suv there's a couple hundred dollar difference there depending on the shop depending on the condition you know uh 500 bucks you know usually is a, is the difference between a small two-door car and a, a four-door suv um you know so yeah there's more work involved the more doors and the bigger the car yeah sure you know but um you know your 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 brand new car that's coming to our shop which is you know, mostly what we work on these days are fairly new vehicles that are getting these products, you know. Um, and once those products are on, these cars don't have to come back. They're usually, you know, traded off to other owners then. Um, so, but yeah, our, our protective products, um, specifically our ceramic coating uh, process, just so the listeners have an idea, we're talking about all this stuff. Well, what's it cost? You know, we're getting new cars. We have nice cars. Obviously, we're listening to car talk. Uh, so that ceramic coating process starts at actually a fairly reasonable, you know, price. Usually around fifteen hundred dollars to two thousand um, dollars, which you know is a lot different than getting a two hundred, three hundred dollar wax job. But you know, that's just just it's just not providing what the ceramic coating does. You know, this is something you do at the time of you know purchase and you forget about it and you know you have it for the rest of the time you own the car how about warranties on it yeah yeah we provide a warranty with the actual product manufacturer um which varies depending on the product and uh, also you know our um you know workmanship is is warranted throughout the course of ownership you know and that's why it's so important to you know get this stuff done with a shop that's local to your area that you create a relationship with the owner of the shop, the guys who work the shop, you know, and hopefully you're close enough, you know, that if anything comes up, you know, then you know where to go. We are going to get 
more questions than answers from listeners. All right. <laughs> so we're going to have you on again to uh, go over some of the questions because I know there'll be many. Um, sure. How can, how can folks find out about your shop, about what's going on, about seeing pictures, um, you know, and, and calling you with maybe questions? Yeah. Especially yeah. in the Georgia area because we're in Georgia. Right. Right. Yeah. The easiest way is by phone. Uh, my phone number is 404-406-3355. And then, um, you know, social media. It's just really the way it, you know, follow everybody these days, you know, zero defects, uh, ATL on, uh, Instagram. And, uh, also we have the mobile detail, uh, pages, Southeast mobile detail as well. Chris Kessler. Thank you guys. Zero defects. Thanks for explaining all this because it is involved. It is very, it's involved. very involved. And we tell people all the time, you know, before you start banging your head against the wall and say, I just can't figure this stuff out and I'm just not going to fool with it. Just call a professional. You know, and all, all we all want to explain it to you and provide uh, an easier way to explain it and have it make sense. And for someone that does it day in, day out, you know, we can do that in a much easier way because you can spend hours upon hours on YouTube, on the Internet, and each product, you know, just it, it's so time-consuming trying to really wrap your head around it uh, if you're just getting into it. Yeah, and it, it requires talent. Yeah, you yeah. Get, well, it, you it, have serious talent. Experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of experience. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Yep. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about the transportation, automotive and transportation technology programs that are available at Lanier Technical College uh, here in Gainesville, Georgia. They have five campuses, and uh, a lot of this particular segment of instruction is at the main campus, which is in. Uh, which is in Gainesville. You may not have a race car or an interest in marine engines or an interest in diesel stuff or truck driving or any of that, but at some point in your life, you're probably going to have a fender bender. And you're going to have to go to a shop and get it repaired properly so it's safe and it, you know, is usable uh, to drive and, you know, is back on the road looking the way you want it to look. Well, where do you find those guys? Where do you find those guys and where do they get trained? Well, one of the places they can get trained is at uh, Lanier Technical College in their automotive collision repair program. It is a very, very, very hands-on program. Uh, they can get a diploma and they can get a certificate as a certificate class one, which is a uh, class one technician or class two technician in automotive repairs. And we're talking for the body shop. So when you get involved in, in a body shop, you've got to be able to straighten frames, you've got to be able to do electrical stuff, you've got to be able to do AC stuff, because these components oftentimes get banged up in a collision. So there's more to it than just painting the car, but they get a broad spectrum of that, and it is very, very hands-on. The instructor is out there with them. Uh, if you go to LanierTech.edu and go to the collision program, they've got an excellent video and the students are talking about the program and some of the things they do in it, and you can see in the background what's actually going on. So give it, give it some consideration. You may not want to be a collision repair person, but if you want to find out you know, more about the training uh, that's available, and you may know somebody that's, that needs some training or uh, you know, might make a very good career for them, check it out at LanierTech.edu collision repair or you can go to d anderson at laniertech.edu he is the instructor and he will be happy to give you information on the collision automotive collision repair program i have got you know i never know what day it is what year it is what you know because of all this research i do online that's my excuse anyway so uh the, the january edition i got of motor trend which you got that back in july 2024 no actually <laughs> i got it a couple weeks ago but uh but here's great news for chevrolet uh they named the ev blazer the 2024 suv of the year wow that is huge well remember when we talked about the blazer when it first came out the redesigned one mm -hmm. we said it looks a little bit like a corvette on the front right and it looks a little bit sporty from mm -hmm. the back I did not realize that that car, that SUV, because uh, the, the Motor Trend SUV of the year, they had 40 car or 40 SUVs that entered. 31 of them, you know, actually qualified to be in the, the final cut for various reasons. You yeah. know, some of them were prototypes. Some of them, you know, they couldn't drive on public roads because mm -hmm. they didn't have a, a VIN number and stuff. And anyway, uh, you can read the article in, uh, in Motor Trend. Uh, it's very in-depth, I will say that. But I did not realize that the 
Blazer has the same wheelbase as the Tahoe. Oh, really? Which makes it ride great. Uh-huh. But it doesn't have the body overhangs. Okay. And it's, it's a little bit wider than the Corvette. Mm-hmm. And the EV version is two inches lower. Wow. But it still has enough ground clearance, and it uses the Ultium platform. Mm-hmm. I, want, I wanted to talk about the Ultium platform we, uh, for just a little bit. I, they're using it on all their vehicles now, all their electric vehicles. And I do not see any mention in the, any of these articles that I read that Chevrolet is going to get into the hybrid business. They, right. What they're doing is they're going internal combustion or electric. Mm-hmm. Which would you like? Right. And maybe, you know, maybe they win in the end. I don't know. Well. Uh, because they're, they're, they're offering it both ways. You can get a regular Blazer with an internal combustion engine in it. Sure. Or the Altium platform. But the Altium platform being down low, mm-hmm. they said, makes this thing really ride good and handle. And the SS version is actually going to, I think, no, I'm sorry. The EV version is two inches lower than the regular, the internal combustion. Okay engine and uh but like i say they they've made it up with the ultium platform they don't have as much stuff hanging under the truck so you don't have ground clearance now does that have an all-wheel drive option yes wow sure does and uh a lot of the suvs now are that's pretty much standard really is all-wheel drive uh well on the ultium platform it's pretty easy Mm -hmm. yeah just put another motor you put another motor into the chassis but I, i was thinking about it I wish that with all this wrangling that's gone on with all the EVs. Yeah. And you know who's paying for all the wrangling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish they, they would have had a consortium of the three, the big three, mm-hmm. and all agreed on a platform like the Ultium. Right. Because that way, whether you had a Ford, uh, a Stellantis, or a Chevrolet, Mm-hmm. Everybody would be working on the same on the same stuff. same thing. Right. It's hard on the technicians. Sure. It's hard on the shops. Mm-hmm. And I know the GM has you know gotten together with Ford like on the ten speed transmission and right. stuff like that. You know why not? You know why not? Work why together? not agree on one thing? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's my thought about it anyway. But another uh, contender for the award was the twenty twenty four Chevy Trax. Why would that be? Well, because they redesigned it, mm-hmm. and uh, it fit right into the category. Okay. So, um, you know, that that's pretty cool to have two vehicles that are in contention for the yeah, SUV of the, uh, of the year. And I think that the price points now, the, the Chevy Trax is under thirty grand. Mm-hmm. okay? The Blazer, you can tickle mid-60s if you really, you know, jazz it up. And I just think that's going to be the next challenge for all the, the manufacturers is the price point. The price point, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know where we're going with that, uh, but I think it's going to be like big screen televisions. Didn't you tell me you bought a big screen television for Unbelievable. $39.95 or something like that? $589. I couldn't believe it. But it's as big as a door in the shop it's, here. It's like sitting in a theater. <laughs> you know, it's uh, unbelievable. And... It's not been that long ago when I saw those TVs and they were three thousand dollars. Yeah, and all of a sudden now, five hundred and eighty-nine. I saw that there there's a smart ring out on the market now. A smart ring. Yeah, I mean like your smart watch. They've uh-huh. combined all that into a ring now. Into a ring, so that you're you can put that wedding band on and your wife has access to everything on you. I hadn't your, thought of all that. I really hadn't thought of all that. But yeah, I, a I regular guess, ring will do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. Uh, time for thank yous, Tim. Let's thank uh, Jacobs Media okay. um, for the studios and the facilities and the producer extraordinaire, DJ Bill. DJ, tell us about the DJ. Well, I am the program coordinator for uh, DJ Trivia, a nationwide trivia company. Log on to djtrivia.com to find times and locations near you. And if you're in the North Georgia area, you just may find me hosting those very games. And a, a note, we will not be doing games Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So keep that in mind as you plan to come out and enjoy some family-friendly trivia. Back to you, bud. All right, man. I uh, also want to thank Concept One, Year One the muscle car restoration folks that keep American performance going. Concept one, of course, is pulley systems. Uh, extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Go, to their, go to their website, c1.com. And Lanier Technical College, where you can earn, uh, you know, earn a degree or a certificate 
uh, by going through their programs. Uh, and it's a, you know, a skill that you can take anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Yeah, um, learn a trade and get out there and make they, some money. They got some great stuff. Next week, we have got a local guy. It basically grew up at Road Atlanta, Michelin Raceway. Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be Andrew Davis. He's a race car driver. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what it was like for him to get into racing. Now, he's in his mid-40s, and compared to what it takes now to get into racing, and if I can arrange it, I'm going to have my grandson here who is into racing, who works for a race team, and also went to the Allenberg Driving School, the uh, F- F1 Allenberg. And uh, so we're, we're going to find out a little bit about what it was then, what it is now, and where it's going into the future. Uh, that'll probably take us two parts, so we'll do part one next week. And uh, okay. in the meantime, if you want to listen to us on terrestrial radio, you can go to Bud's Garage at WDUN AM 550 and FM 102.9. Uh, you can also catch it on a app called uh, Access WDUN. You can put it on your phone. It's a free app. Uh, it'll give you all sorts of news and things like that, plus the podcast. And you can also pick up the Bud's Garage radio program podcast on your favorite web website your favorite podcast site mm-hmm. you can also pick up the bud's garage radio show on your favorite podcast site as you did today while you were you know tuned into bud's garage overdrive well that's a lot but it is a lot mm-hmm. all right and we want to thank our listeners a whole lot for tuning in and we'll see you next week right here bud's garage overdrive <laughs>